Oh, you guys are quiet today. I mean, it's, I know it's like towards the end of August and all of that. Summer's getting close to being done. I, okay, keep that to myself. Uh, I get all kinds of wonderful comments like... Uh, Right before we walked out, I love what John said. I'll probably say this wrong, but it was kind of funny. He goes, you know, I was taking all my old watch bands, and I was trying to make a belt out of them. He said, I just couldn't do it. It was a waste of time. <laughs> just wanted to honor you today. <laughs> I like good material, so you know, hey, so good. <laughs> well, my phone's lit up a little in the last week or so. People calling saying, hey, did you know you're... Uh, somebody wrecked into your thing out there, the HVAC. Yeah, we, we know. And uh, it's okay. I thank you for telling me. But, I mean, yeah, we were there the, the day it happened. I mean, shortly after it happened, I got a call from Ron. Ron said, you might want to come. And uh, so, but anyway, God is good. Nobody was hurt. We're very thankful for that. And, uh, you know, insurance should be taking care of all of that stuff. And so uh, that will have a whole new unit, Lord willing, uh, in the next uh, month and a half or so. So. Um, and a new fence, because the fence is pretty well total. I want to say a special thanks uh, um, to uh, Tina Fruth. Uh, you guys made the, the uh, things for the nursery. They're, they're going to get put up here in the real quick future. Those are awesome. They just made some racks for um, backpacks and diaper bags and all that kind of stuff so that you know they're not sitting everywhere. And uh, they're beautiful. Thank you so much to you and your husband for that. And Yes, amen. That is a good thing. Well, you know, um, this is what the Lord has got for me to uh, talk about today. Let's first say hi to our online crowd. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Uh, the Florida crew that watches this every week. How's the weather? There you go. Uh, but uh, so anyway, we want to talk this morning about how to beat worry. And, and in, we're going to talk in just a second. You go, okay, now I know why God's wanting us to talk about this because... On a scale of 1 to 10, what's your level of peace? If you were doing a scale, my wife loves the scale thing. You know, if, if one of the kids were sick or hurt, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the worst, you know, what are you? If you go into, if you go into the hospital and you're in the room, they usually have the smiley faces are on a scale of whatever up till 10 of like, you know, I'm not in a good way. So uh, on a, what is your level of peace on a scale of 1 to 10? So um, as a child of God, I think our level of peace, and I'm, I'm not there, I, I'm, I'm going to, let me break that. I'm going to say I'm getting there. How about that? I'm going to believe that I can, I can have a level 10 peace, a solid 10. And it seems almost far-fetched because so much we need to pray for that's going on right now. There's so much stuff that's going on that is, it is amazing, ways we feel almost helpless, but as long as you can pray, you're never helpless. Come on. As long as we got Jesus, we are never helpless. And so, but I mean, think about Afghanistan, the things that are going over there. And if you're watching any of the news, people that are trapped, they need freed and all kinds of things. And it, it almost sends the alarm. How about our rights? Just, uh, you know, there's all controversy on vaccination, not to be vaccinated, this, that, and that. And we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And we're going to enforce this. Whatever happened to the Constitution? Those kind of things. And so then there's people, we're getting those mindsets. And what about our freedom, our country, our nation, the leadership? So many things that we could just be like, this is almost really for one person or just even all of us to be 
That's why it's God. We need to have God. Without God, what are we going to do? How are we going to get through this mess without God? Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's an incredible scripture, and there's a lot being said in there. There's things that we could pull out and we could talk for days on. When things look like they're out of control, we should still be able to be in peace because we come under the headship or the anointing of the one that is in control. But let me say this. It is up to us to make the decision to live in peace. It is up to us to decide whose side we're going to be on. No matter what. What does the word say? It is up to us what to believe. It is up to us what we put between these two things we call ears. We can... There's an evangelist, I used this once because I heard him say it and I thought, oh, that's pretty good. He said he was in a place and all the people did was come up and complain to him. They were always telling him about somebody else or this or that. Or, and he, <laughs> he stopped and finally said, what, what is this? And they said, what? He goes, what, did, what are these? And they said, well, they're your ears. And he said, phew, for a second there, I thought they were trash cans. I thought that's what you thought. Very quickly, the person's like, okay, I'm not saying anything else to you. But he just wanted to stop that at the root. There's so much that we could be like, God, I need you. But we have to make that choice. How many knows that choice doesn't come automatically? You don't just automatically, I just totally walk in peace. I never have to choose that. It, it always happens. Anything in the spirit realm, we're going to have to fight for it. Because the enemy is going to contend you for it. He doesn't want you to have peace. Peace is a force given to you by Almighty God. Remember Jesus saying, this is peace I leave with you. How could Jesus, knowing what was happening and what was coming, just be so together? I mean, just like Peter comes up, I would be the Peter, wouldn't you? I'd be chopping people's ears off. You said there are trash cans anyway, throw it away. But I mean, seriously. And Jesus would just like, you know, picks up the ear, shoves it back on the guy's head, prays, crazy glue, it's, it works. And, and, you know, imagine the guy, what? But just, I mean, he just, he just is, in, he's peace. He's enveloped by it. That's who he is. Peace can only come from your relationship with God. That's why Jesus was sent. That's why he came. He is the prince of peace. And the main thief or the offender robbing believers of living in God's perfect peace, we know it's the enemy, we know it's Satan, but he uses things. And what is that thing he uses? And I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to talk about it. It's worry. Some people are professional worriers. They know how to worry. They can do that very well. But contrary to popular belief, worry shouldn't be our normal, especially if we're believers. 
There's a lot going on, and I know it, and I'm not trying to make light of it. I don't mean to have it like, I don't care, God's going to take care of it. We have to fight for it. We have to wage war in the heavenlies. We have to pray. We have to bind. We have to loose. There's a lot of things that we can do. But I want us to think of some things that we could do, and I'm going to show you this morning, that can help you keep your peace or get it back. Because you know the thief comes to steal it. John 10.10 says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Now this is, just, this is what the word is saying. His purpose. Here at TLC we talk about living life on purpose. The purpose, the enemy, steal, kill, and destroy. Goes on to say my purpose, this is Jesus saying my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. His purpose is past getting past what the enemy's going to do, and show you how you can overcome that and have peace. Here's our first thought this morning. This is how we're going to beat worry. Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five, tell him to buckle up, and let's get going. All right. We beat worry by praying in the Spirit. Number one, we beat worry by praying in the Spirit. If you're following on the Bible app, you'll see those on that Bible app. Up here, you're going to just see scriptures. So we beat worry by praying in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 4, 4, 14, 4, excuse me. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. We got to understand how this works. You have to stay strong. Me as the dad of the house, I have to stay strong. When my kids were growing up, they were, you know, dad, if dad lost it, it was like, whoo, everything's gone. You know what I'm saying? So you got to stay strong. We have to understand we need each other, yes. But if you want to beat worry, then you've got to start getting strong. This is an individual battle here that we collectively will work together, but you have to work it out inside you. I, I don't have to tell you, you know, worried thoughts, the enemy can just drop them anytime throughout your day, no matter what you're doing, even when everything is going right or wrong. He wants to steal your peace. You can start out the day good, but then after a, an email, a cell phone call, maybe a text that you text somebody, no response, or you saw the bubbles, and they went away, and no response came. You got dropped in the middle of a text. Random thought, then all of a sudden you start thinking about something. Now you're worried, you're upset, you're stressed. You're not sure what's going to happen. It, you know, and hard to read emotions in the text. I'm guilty of that. I mean, sometimes I just text. I'm a dude, so I don't use a whole lot of emojis or whatever. Sometimes I just use the, you know, the muscle arm, the fist bump, the thumbs up, and those are pretty much it. Maybe a heart every once in a while. That usually goes to my wife or one of my kids or something, but... Outside of that, I don't usually do a whole lot. Sometimes in a text, it's hard to tell. And so sometimes it sends a message of, oh, he might be upset, and I'm not upset at all. Maybe you've been raised in an atmosphere where there's been constant fear. It's just if one shoe drops, I'm just waiting on the other one to drop. Maybe worry for where you're around has been a steadfast diet. That's what you eat all the time. Just worry, worry, worry. So sometimes that's a harder habit to break than others. Maybe somebody else is in a more positive atmosphere and they don't have that to worry about. <laughs> no pun intended. But stinking thinking 
Thoughts come knocking at your door, at your brain, all the time. And so you beat worry, number one, by praying in the Spirit. When you're looking at the giant in front of you, and it seems like that's all you can see, it feels very real. You can't go past that. It's just what's blocking. How do you shift gears? Well, you got to start speaking in tongues. you got to start praying in the Spirit. So you might be there today saying, Brett, I, I don't even... I don't know how to do that. It's not a hard thing to do. It's a, it's a gift from God. It is not salvation. How many heard me? It's not salvation. You do not have to speak in tongues to be saved. It's not of the devil. It is, it is literally a language that God gives you, and the devil can't understand a word of it. Um, and so you, and the Bible says when you use that, you pray perfectly. There's a lot of things I do, and I don't know that I do any of them perfectly except maybe this according to the word i can pray perfectly wow if i can do something perfect that's a good thing so anyway that's where praying in the spirit comes in you pray and you pray that so how do you make that happen every time you feel yourself starting to worry if you have a prayer language now if you're saying i don't have that i just want to ask god you can still ask god for help i'm just saying this is another level this is another level. This is like a 110 jumping to a 220. It's almost like clear. <clears throat> kind of one of those. It's, just, it's, it's amazing. So, and I can help you with that after the service. If that's something that you, you want, it's, it's easy. I can help you. I can't tell you what that's going to be, but I can show you how to get it. Okay? So I'll be up here after the service if you need that. But praying in the Spirit busts through any situation and it's, and it's one way to take every thought captive. When you have thoughts that you're like, I don't even know what to do with that, then you start praying in the Spirit because God knows exactly what to do with that. And so whatever you're praying, you're praying perfectly on what to do with that. Come on. If I can pray perfectly, I mean, there's no fun to take a, a, a knife to a gunfight. But if I know perfectly what's going on, I mean, whether I know, but I'm, see, by praying that, I, my connecting with him, I am trusting that whatever he is saying, I'm agreeing with, and it's perfectly coming out. 2 Corinthians 10 5, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. This should almost be our go-to. When you get worried, man, I'm going to start. You don't have to be a weird fanatic. You don't have to be somebody that's everybody's like, I mean, you're just strange. You can do things, and I'm just saying, you don't, you don't have to draw attention to yourself to be able to do this. This is easy. This is the power of the Holy Ghost. Do you know the enemy can't compete with the power of the Holy Ghost? The enemy can't stop the power of the Holy Ghost. The enemy is unarmed with the power of the Holy Ghost. Here's number two. We're going to beat worry by praising God. We're going to, ooh, ooh, we're going to raise the roof. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are Fixed on you. What are your thoughts fixed on? If they're fixed on Almighty God, you can start raising the roof because you can praise Him even when things don't look that good because He's worthy of your praise. And you know, because God is God, He's got you. King David was no stranger to trouble, and during his life, he was delivered out of all of the messes. Now, I'm not saying he didn't have consequences or, or things that happened. 
But what were the man? I mean, why was he delivered? Think about this. He knew how to praise the Lord with all his might. He knew how to praise the Lord. He knew how to raise the roof. He knew how to just give God praise. Now, what, write this down. Here's one if you're taking a note. Here's a good one. Worship is the antidote to worry. Worship is the antidote to worry. Now, I want you to think about it. So, like, why would that be? Brett, come on, why would that be? If you're worshiping the Lord, you're giving him glory. The Bible says, and if the Bible is true and you believe the word of the Bible as every word is true, it says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So if he's there, worry is not. I remember one time in ministry, the enemy had come to, I believe, to take Samuel's life, Sam. And Zach, who was the drummer today, came down and uh, woke me up and said something. But just before that happened, or just around in that same time frame anyway, in that same night, I, I remember I was so scared. I, I woke up and I was so scared. I... I felt like I couldn't breathe. And I was just, because I, something, true story, something I felt was, was in the room. And it wasn't like an intruder. Now, I might be afraid if an intruder came in, but not afraid that I won't throw them out on the front yard. Afraid. You know what I mean. But, um, so, but I was just like frozen. Do you ever have one of those dreams where you're wanting to say Jesus and you can't because you're just too scared you know i mean i was just trying to i was trying to get his name out and i was just frozen and i heard this voice this voice said i will kill you that's what the voice said just as plain as day i heard it audibly that's what i heard and i was able to get out i i don't know if it sounded like jesus but that's what i was trying to get out and this this presence came in just like that, and this is the voice I heard. I am here. And as soon as that happened, this, this wisp of what was in, at the end of my bed, there was a figure at the end of the bed It just went, and just took off. It was just like gone instantly, and the room was just filled with peace. Now, I'm saying that all just to say this. If you are praising God and you can say the name of Jesus and Jesus is in your heart and, and you can speak in tongues and you have everything that... I'm just saying where God is in the... and he's inhabiting that, the devil ain't there. He can't stay in that. The praises of his people because that's where God is. Focus on the solution, not the problem. If you're focusing on his goodness, his power, his mercy, his provision, his deliverance. The enemy has no part of that. So you need to try that. Every time the enemy comes at you with fear-filled thoughts or worrisome thoughts, start worshiping and praising God out loud. I mean, you can be in your car. You know you've all done it. You've been in your car jamming. Boom, 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 boom. Whatever it is, whatever your jam is, whatever your tune is, if it comes on, you're like, ooh, that's my song, turn it up. I can only imagine what John Hansen's songs would be. <laughs> Just 
<laughs> but I mean, it would be awesome. You know, just to be able to, oh, sometimes you just, when those come, you just, I, I want to praise the Lord. I'm just going to praise God. Stick in a, a CD or a tape or just start praising him. You'll be amazed when your focus changes from the worry to the worship. The next thing you know, you're not worried anymore. Well, Brett, what happens if as soon as I do that and as soon as I quit, it starts again? Then do it again and just continually do it. You start thanking God for his goodness. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his grace. Thank him for your home. Thank him for your family. Thank him for your job. Thank him for your kids. Thank him for your car. You have you've not seen my car. <laughs> Thank him anyway. So you have a jalopy for Jesus. Thank him for it. And believe that you'll get something else at the right time. Thank him for every good thing in your life and you'll beat worry with praise. Sing to him a new song. You'll see some saints that have been walking with Jesus for a while. They not only have their prayer language, they'll start singing in their prayer language. They don't know what they're singing, but they're singing a new song. They're singing because their spirit is making melody. Have you ever been just doing something and then all of a sudden inside you're, you just you feel like a jam coming on? Well, that's sometimes that's inside. Sometimes that's your spirit. Just like, you know, it's 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 amazing what you get absorbed in. Starts coming out. You need if you're worrying too much, man, I put some more worship in there. Watch the worry start to go away and watch the worship start to come out. And you'll be able to start doing things. And again, you don't have to be nuts. You don't have to be walking in the mall and all of a sudden go, ooh, ooh, ah, you know. I mean, because, you know, you, you will draw attention. I mean, I'm not telling you not to do that. If God tells you to do that, then do that. But I'm just saying, most generally, I don't see God trying to make a spectacle of himself because he already knows, you know, he's God. I don't have to convince him of that. I'm, I'm convincing myself that he's God. Does that sound familiar? Let's just, let's just be real and say, okay, God, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to, you know, you might have to break away from somebody. Think about this. How many times did Jesus break away? Can you imagine how many people were coming at him with things? The Bible and some of the scriptures says they, he was being thronged. Best thing of thronging I can think of is like the Beatles or Elvis or something like that where people are just, ah, you know. And how many times in scripture is it like Jesus just kind of broke away? You know, when he broke away, yeah, he went away to pray, but I'm telling you what, he was raising the roof. He inhabits the praises of his people, and when he shows up, Satan runs. Worry is beaten, and you have the fruit of peace. Remain safe. You need to start living large and in charge. I'm just going to praise him. When things don't go right, I'm going to praise him. Because I'm going to say and believe the end result of what I'm believing. I'm going to praise him. But, Brett, this doesn't look good. I'm going to praise him. But it's broken. It doesn't matter. I'm going to praise him. Because God can fix it. Number three, beat worry by resisting and rebuking. James 4, 7 says, humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We usually quote that last part, resist the devil, and he'll flee. That first part's really important. Humble yourselves before God. Remember, Satan's come to steal, kill, and destroy the fruit of your life, and including and especially your peace. If you cannot be at peace, you cannot pray effectively because you're too worked up. You don't, your focus is off kilter. So you resist and you rebuke him. You need to understand that worry is a spirit, 
not a feeling. Worry is a spirit, not a feeling. And it will try to camouflage itself as just a feeling. And you need to rebuke it for what it is. When something happens, comes your way, and you can see it for what it is, isn't that amazing if you can see it for what it is? If the devil's sending a spirit to knock at the door, let the Holy Ghost answer the door. You can do one of two things if he comes knocking. So <laughs> you can invite him in for tea. Oh, come on in. We have some tea and crumpets, shall we? Or number two, you can tell him to hit the road. <laughs> Somebody just, <laughs> you can sing that song, hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back. So you just tell him, I'm not inviting you in. James 4, 7 makes the decision so simple. Resist him and he'll flee. It doesn't get much easier than that. You have to resist him. Humble yourself before God. Resist him. If that's not of God, if he's coming at you with a worried thought, that's not of God. Recognize that spirit. Resist him. Rebuke it. Keep your peace. The next time he comes to steal your peace, just say out loud, worry, I resist you. I rebuke you. Leave in the name of Jesus. People are like, I've never done that. That's because you're, you're, not, you're not counting it as a spirit. If it comes back two seconds later, you say it again. You don't have to say it at the top of your lungs. You don't have to scream it so everybody can hear it. You can just say it. Keep saying it till it leaves for good. Number four, beat worry by speaking the word. Luke 4, 4, Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. Now, in Luke, in the King James, it says, he says, it is written. So in this New Living Translation, he said, the scriptures say, in other words, it is written. So once you've rebuked the spirit of worry, you want to speak God's word over it. Now, I need you to listen to me. Once we rebuke the spirit of worry, we're going to speak the word over it. If you pull weeds, you want to plant flowers. If you pull weeds, you want to plant flowers. So if you have scripture memorized, that is for the situation that you're in. Revelation 12, 11 says they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb. And your version could say this, and the word of their testimony. You need to see that. So you need to find a word that makes whatever God wants to fight this with, what's the enemy trying to get you all upset about? Then come at it back with a word. Hey, guess what? It's written. This is what the Bible says. And start quoting that scripture. And if you're like, Brett, I don't know it, then write it down and keep it with you. So every time that thought comes, rip that baby out and read it out loud. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, Romans 10, 17. I'm going to say it out loud and I'm going to say it long and I'm going to say it loud. Enemy, here is your notice. It's time we told the enemy there's a new sheriff in town. And guess what? Here's your eviction notice. So get that arsenal of scripture ready to use. If you're, you know, like we're talking about here, but if you're saying, okay, financially I'm having some struggles, then I would quote scripture like Philippians 4.19. It is written, my God says he'll supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God is my provider. I'm going to say the word, and so I'm going to tell worry. I'm going to bind that spirit. Worry, you leave in Jesus' name. Boom. Philippians 4.19. Whatever you do, this is what I'm telling you, don't leave worry unanswered. 
Talk back. Number five, beat worry by refusing to doubt. James 1, 6, when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with a divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea and is blown and tossed by the wind. <clears throat> God just told me just not long ago, a couple weeks ago, he said, don't have false safety nets. You know, sometimes he'll say something and you're like, okay, I'm not sure I understand exactly what you mean. Let me say it this way. If you have a plan B, then you, your plan A is your plan B. So if, you're, if all my faith is in God, here's what I'm believing. If I have another plan, well, if God doesn't come through, here's my other plan. Then your faith is really in your second plan. That's what he's telling me. You just have faith in me. Come on, is God not able? Is he not able? Did he not do? Did he not call Lazarus for? You know why he said Lazarus? Because if he didn't say Lazarus, everybody in the graveyard had got out. See, a lot of us, this is what we do. We start thinking about what's, it, what's happening around us. What's our circumstance? And I'm telling you today, I'm preaching to me. So thanks for being here while I talk to myself. For real. I'm preaching to me, but what's happening around us? You know, peace is a decision. You have to decide to who to believe. You have to decide what am I going to stand on. If I stand on anything outside of the word, then all of that is shifty or faulty. It can still, there's fault in it. But there is no fault in the word of God. There is no fault in the Bible. There is no fault in Jesus. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. That's kind of tough because, you know, if we go by what's going on around us, it's hard. But key, peace comes from making the decision not to worry and not be anxious. Peace comes from casting our cares over on the Lord and trusting in him. Peace comes from living continually in faith, feeding our, our own self with the word of God and believing what God has already done and what he's going to continue to do in my life because I rest and I reside with him. And in him I live and move and have my being. So I'm understanding that I operate because I am God's ambassador and so are you if you're a believer. If you want to have more peace, then you can't be a doubter. You can't keep changing sides. If you're believing God one day and not sure the next, you're going to be tossed to and fro. We, we, on Thursday mornings have been some amazing teachings from Andrew Womack. Just been amazing. And it was, he was teaching about you can have faith and still be fighting unbelief. And we've not preached it that way before we just thought well if it didn't happen so i guess i just have unbelief no it, you still have faith but you're giving more no or more of your voice or your belief to your unbelief than to the faith side and you just have to let, let the faith side win i mean all you need is have you ever seen a mustard seed a mustard seed is like the tiniest little seed ever it's really tiny and God says, if you have that kind of faith, just that little faith, you can move a mountain. You still have the faith, but what happens is, is we have unbelief, and we start leaning towards the unbelief. We have to make a decision as a believer and say, I'm not going to be a doubter. Whatever it looks like, God, you're bigger than that. I'm going to stand on your word. And when we make a decision to beat worry by refusing to be a doubter, then we can do like Jesus. Jesus could go when the, in the middle of a storm, be asleep in the boat 
while water's coming in, the thing's being rocking around. Man. I was, when I was praying about this, I asked the Lord, I said, man, I, I want to have peace like that. And the Lord said, you do. And I said, I don't remember. Fun fact for you. Here's a story. I was just trying to believe God for all kinds of things in my life. And I went to the dentist. How many love to go to the dentist? Oh, yeah. The tooth really hurts, doesn't it? Well, since you started the puns, I'm... So anyway, I went and I remember I was concerned because I don't particularly... I'm glad we have dentists, but it's not my favorite place. But they said, well, we're going to have to drill. And they're going to, you know, shoot you up with all the Novocaine, get you all numb and all that stuff. But I remember just, I remember praying, God, give me the peace that passes all understanding. This is a total true story. They numbed me up. You thought they'd have shot that in my brain or something. They didn't. I wondered if there was a long needle. I'm not real sure. But they numbed me up. They're drilling my teeth. I keep falling asleep. They're drilling my teeth. And the, the dentist is going, Brett, you, you got to wake up and open your mouth. <laughs> that happened like six times. The guy's in there, wee, wee, and I'm in there. <laughs> I got out of that thing. You know, he's like, he said, wow, that's, I've never really had anybody fall asleep like that while I'm drilling your teeth. <laughs> Sorry. I come back, and I didn't even think about that until I was studying for this message. And I felt like the Lord said, remember that? So even when I was going through teeth drilling, yes, I was numb. But hey, I didn't feel a thing. <laughs> I went to sleep while he was drilling my teeth. Moving on. Number six, beat worry by choosing who you spend time with. Proverbs 13, 20, walk in the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. If you want to beat worry and grow that fruit of peace in your life, it's important you choose who you spend time with. Who you hang out with? Who's your peeps? Who's your gang? What do you do when you have free time? Who are you around? If you're around people that think and speak faith, that's good. If it challenges you, makes you grow, then that's good. If you're around people that are always negative and always pull you down, that's not going to be so good for you. It's going to have an effect. Either way will have an effect. Again, you choose. Listen to this. Not only the people that you hang out with physically, but who you choose to, to hang out with books you read, programs you watch, shows on TV, negative programs, news programs, whatever. Things that aren't going to feed your spirit good things. If they're going to feed you bad things, then guess what? That stuff is in there. That's not going to help your peace. So you still hang out with them. You know, some, we, we can't have every, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that we're believing God's going to send here. And we've got invite out. We've got a, a, a fairly, well, a big name person coming next year that's coming here. It's going to be an awesome time. But at this point, you know, on, on other people that, that their schedules were full or whatever, I can still spend time with them, not physically, but by reading their books, getting on their podcasts. Let them, you know, what are you letting speak into your life? 
The wise walk with the wise. You want to beat worry and have God's peace? You got to choose the right company. And again, I worked at the fitness center for years, and you know, I would witness the guys. I led a lot of guys to Jesus, and I'm thankful to the Lord for that. And some of the ways I did that, I still hung out with them, but I knew the time frame. Does that make sense? In other words, you know if you're going somewhere when it's going to turn different. If you okay, let's do it this way. If you go to the popcorn festival this year, it gets to be a little bit after nine or especially ten o'clock. The atmosphere seems to change quite a bit. Am I telling you the truth? So you you got to start deciding. Okay, what am I going to do, or you know, what do I want to be part of, or whatever. So you make those choices. But so I'd have guys that'd be like, hey, Gleese, let's, hey, you know, let's, um, spa was closing at six, let's go back, and we're all going to sit around the whirlpool, right next to the spa was a drive through so they would all get silver bullets, oh, well, not real bullets, that was beer, well, that's what they were called, I guess, I was the only guy that was drinking Mountain Dew, I think Jesus probably would drink Mountain Dew, especially now with zero sugar, <laughs> anyway, I was the only guy drinking Mountain Dew. And so I would go back there. Now, I would, now listen to what I'm saying, because now I already know the atmosphere I'm in. It's in the place that I work. I know they're going to sit back there, and I know pretty much when that thing is going to change. So I knew that by the time I drank that pop, this is what I told myself. I'm going to give myself 20 minutes. So I'd get, 20, I'd get a pop, I'd go back there, and I'd be sitting with those guys, and they'd be like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And they'd just be shooting the breeze, and after about 20 minutes, I'd get my pop done and be like, guys, i got to go. got another appointment. Hey, I'll see you later. And they'd be like, oh, come on, stay. No, man, I got to go, but I appreciate you. Just remember, you know, I might say something corny. I might say something like God loves you. I might not say anything like that because some of that just would turn them off. So I might just say, hey, you know, we'll see you next time. We'll see you Tuesday or whatever. I'd leave. They probably had me for lunch. But, you know, most of those guys that sat in that group, I led them to Jesus. Because I choose what I was doing. I knew at a certain time that that's going to start turning ugly because some of those guys, by the time I got my Mountain Dew, they were on their third bullet. And there were still more to go. So, you know, I wasn't the boss of that fitness center, so it wasn't my place to say you can stay or you can go. I just said, okay, I'm out. Choose who you spend time with. you got to choose the right company. Here's our last one, number seven. You'll love this. So don't go tell your spouse. I got this from Brett. <laughs> Beat worry about keeping your mouth shut. Just trying to help. Proverbs 10, 19. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. The, the Living Bible says don't talk so much. You keep putting your foot in your mouth. Be sensible and turn off the flow. That's what the Living Bible says. But if you want that fruit of peace, the peace that passes understanding, we got to recognize we are a key contributor in it. You and I, we can make that happen in our lives or we cannot make that happen by what we choose, these things that we're talking about. When we speak worry, if we speak fear, we're inviting that in on ourselves. I just said something the other day and my wife, I love her, she said, watch what you say. She might even said that this morning. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because it's easy. It's easy to do. I'm just telling you, I'm preaching to myself. Thanks for coming. But you got to watch what you say. Sometimes you just, you have a lot to say. How many have a lot to say and you just, oh, I want to say something? But you got to. 
as Barney Fife would say, nip it, nip it in the bud. You got you to gotta just close that up. Jesus was real good about, you know, you, I say what my father says. But I don't want to be a contributor to chaos in my life because I've spoke it. I want to speak the end result. If you think about bad things or you think about negative things or worrisome things and you keep speaking them out of your mouth, you picture them coming to pass, I'll tell you this is what's going to happen. You see yourself alone, no job, no money, no friends, no food, no thank you. I don't want that. You're making confessions like this. I'm just worried to death about all these dumb decisions the government's making. Why would you say that? Well, Brett, they're not making good decisions. I get that, but I'm not going to speak that on myself. I'm afraid the company is going to go under and I'm going to be unemployed. Well, who supplies all your need? If the company goes under, then God's got a better job for you. So again, let's start speaking the end result. Let's start taking this bull by the horns or the tiger by the tail and start putting the enemy at flight a little bit. Let me tell you what it says. Here's what the Bible says, and then it is written. And start going and saying and doing what God is telling us to do. Turn off your mouth. Instead of speaking the worried thoughts, start speaking what you're believing. And again, I love my wife. She's very good at that. She said, this is what I'm saying, and she'll just say, you know, because I've preached it. Sometimes I'm not so good at following it. So i got to get better. But i got to start talking about God, start talking about what he promises, and believe that's what I see. That's what I'm seeing right now. That's what I'm going to picture. Start talking back at the things that are not and call them what they should be. That's in Romans. Call things that are not as though they are. Have you ever started doing that? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you cannot outdo God. God is amazing. When we lived um, on High Point Road, we had evergreens that lined our drive, and they were all beautiful, and there was one that was just brown and dead. And we were thinking, okay, they had already cut some trees down before we had gotten there. They had a few cut down, and so we thought, well, I guess we'll have to cut that down. And then we got this idea, and that might have been from Kim, I don't know. <laughs> Let's just speak life over it. Let's just pray over it. I don't want to cut it down. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's a lot of work, and it looks nice where it sits. It's just brown. So you know what we did? We were just crazy enough to believe that what God said would be true. So we went to that tree. I think I even put a little bit of oil on it. The other day, Kim prayed for me. She said, call for me. Tell me to come pray for you. I said, what? She said, call for me. So I go, Kim. She said, well, the Bible says call for the elders of the church. I'm an elder of the church, so call for me. I'm like, okay, Kim. She comes over. She slaps some oil, and there we go. She prayed for my foot, and, you know, I mean, God's just amazing. He does good stuff. But anyway, we, we prayed over that tree. The tree came back to life. The brown just started going away, and green started coming back. And I immediately thought of Jesus speaking to that fig tree. And I'm like, it works. Shemalima ding dong, it works. <laughs> the Bible is true. We start doing what God says. We start believing, taking him in his word. And he starts showing up. He starts doing all those things just like he did in the book. 
So I gave you seven things today on how to beat worry. Seven things. Seven is actually God's number of, of uh, completion or perfection, or however you want to put that. Eight is usually a number of new beginnings. So let's start with a new beginning. Let's start, okay, I'm going to do this stuff. I don't, know, are the, I don't know if the band's coming back or not today. Yes, they are. Good. But I, I, I know there's people in here that have been, that have, you let worry get on you till it puts your stomach in knots. Or you just feel like, oh. I'm not unguilty of it. You know what? When in 2020, when I had the heart attack, you know the only thing they could count it to? Stress. So I got to get better at casting. I got to get better at staying. I, you know, I can't solve everybody's problems. I can't be the end all to everything. I just have to be obedient and then just start casting. Because I've been guilty of just not being able to deal with everything. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here this morning and those that are watching online, if worry has just seemed to overtake you with what's going on in the world, what's happening with COVID, what's happening with all this stuff, and that's you and you need to finally beat worry, I want you just to put your hand up. Yes, me as well. Yes, and those online, just raise your hand right where you're at. Right where you're at. Let's say this together. Let's believe this. Say, dear Jesus... I command the spirit of worry to leave me in the name of Jesus. Father, you did not give me that spirit. It will not stay on me. I will have peace. I lose peace in my life, the peace of God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. I believe as you follow those seven steps and you start putting this in practice, raising the roof, giving God praise, keeping your mouth shut, not being a doubter, doing all those things, hanging out with the right people, you're going to see an amazing difference. Amen. Stand to your feet. Let's give God a big shout. All right. He's good. He's good. Let's worship him and then we'll